0: Well, my name is Jeff Martin, and I, along with another guy, James Henshaw, we are partners in crime, and we are the ones who are serving right now at Mino. And Mino is, I'll give you some definitions, and I'm going to give you some history, I'm going to give you some why, and then we'll move on, then we'll go home, I guess. No, then Pastor Kyle will preach, then, so... (laughs) So about, I guess two and a half years ago, I, I've served as a pastor for years, and my wife, my wife Beth, is here, and she's sitting there beside Susan. And uh, <clears throat> we moved to to the Richmond area in 1997, and we moved there to start a church, which we did, and we pastored there at that church for years, seventeen or so years, and then we uh, transitioned out of that and. I pastored as a small group pastor in a Baptist church for a while, and then, then I took a position at Celebration Church in Richmond, which had a pretty active ministry to those that suffer from substance abuse and addictions. And that position kind of set the, the table for what I'm doing, what I'm doing now. And uh, all, the, all the while that I pastored, our, our church would go and serve. And you all know what short-term missionary trips are? You know, you go for a week. And, and we would serve this ministry over in England called Battelle. And Battelle is a residential recovery ministry, but they had a little twist to it. And that twist was they believed that you could actually start local churches by targeting those that are suffering from addiction and see God change them and see them then raised up and and begin to start churches. And they they've been doing that for years and they've been successful at it. Well we would go and we would serve. We'd help them build, you know, build an apartment for some new leader they have, or we but you'd be working alongside guys and gals that are suffering from addiction and getting free and they're meeting Jesus and and you would you would be around it and you'd be immersed in it and I'd come home and I would be all fired up and I'd be we we need to not just come to church on Sunday morning. We need to live together in community. We need to, you know, I know, I know that doesn't work in our the way we live. But, but there's something about it that just made me get excited. Like, what if, what if we did do that? And, and so uh, anyway, we would go and serve, and people would hear me get all excited. And, and uh, I came, I came then to Celebration Church, and began to serve as the director of. Residential Recovery and Discipleship, and uh, loved it. So that led into me meeting James Henshaw, and he and I began to talk about what might it look like if we did what we were doing there out in the country in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and, and we began to dream about it. We were talking to the pastors there about it, and then, then COVID happened. And that whole church just shifted and changed. And rather than COVID being something that, that was an obstacle for us, it actually became a, a blessing in a way because it allowed us to transition quicker than we were thinking. And, and so he and I began to talk and we said, let's, let's see if we can put together a residential discipleship ministry that would have involved in it work, some kind of work that's hard for guys. And, uh, and so we decided a sawmill is what we would do. And so we found a sawmill, we talked to our wives and, you know, one one of the ways you can tell if God's actually doing something is when you go and talk to your wife and she is actually somewhat open to the idea and, and, and says, say a little more, you know, you might be going the right direction, right? So, uh, we ended up buying, buying the sawmill and we set it up in a field, just like a couple miles from here. And and James began to figure out how to run a sawmill. And we began to mill logs into posts, which became the, the barn that we now operate under. And, and we just began to, to set in place the work side of the program. And we decided to do it that way, get the work side in place, and then put the residential part in place, and then run the program. Because... We are interested not so much in just doing something like flash and then done. We, we are putting something in place that we believe will last for, for years. and will outlive us. That's the way we're approaching. And so it's important for us to put something in place that's put in place well. And we know it's gonna work. And, and then we keep, keep moving on. And you guys are what I would call early adopters. Your pastor came over before there was even much there. I guess maybe we had the pole barn up, and he came over, and I remember sitting there talking about how we could partner together, and so he came back with whatever we talked about and said, here's, how, here's, the, here's what's going on, and, uh, and from that point on, you guys have been investing money every month in, in what Mino is doing, and you did that before there was much there to look at. You know, one of the things that's been interesting for me is I like I like to show you all that God has done in order to encourage you to get involved in what obviously is a no-brainer. What God has done with Mino is he said, I've given you something. I want you to talk to people about what this is going to be and see whether or not there's any interest in being a part of something that isn't yet. And that's, that's kind of you guys, you guys stepped in and said, you know, I, I don't see it all the way, but I believe maybe it's something we want to get, get involved in. And, and from that, that point on every, every month, go to the PO box, you know, guess what? There is a check in the mail when you go to that box. Um, That's my testimony. I I like going to the the post office because you never know what that, it does have some bills too, but you know, if you never know what's going to be in that post office box and, And so you guys have been a huge part of just consistently and, and and in a sustainable, you just kept, you just keep on, you keep on. And it is, it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Hope you understand that. So, so we began, I guess that was August of 2020. All right. I'm just going to go through something. If I would just stand here and just tell you like all the little things that happened that, that just like right now, I just probably I could almost cry just starting to think about it because, because God has been doing something here in this area of Virginia way before we ever got here. And I know that's true because we got here and, and we said we're going to do this, and there's people that want to help, and, and there's people that are ready to come and partner with us. We, James and I, we're two old guys. I mean, he's, he is 60, and I am staring at it. And anybody, anybody here ever work at a sawmill? 60-year-old guys should not be working at sawmills. I mean, it'll wear you out. But, but there's a grace to do that, and there's been ones that have come alongside and, and helped. There's been churches that have come alongside. There's been individuals that have come alongside. And when we first started, my, my plan was we just need to find a person or a church, preferably a person that's really rich or a church that's really big. And we need to get in front of the right person, tell them what we're doing, and see if they'll just stroke a check, and we'll be done with it. We'll be off and running. That didn't happen. And what's, what has happened is there's a network of people in this area, and, and it extends into Richmond, that are all involved in what Mino is doing out here in Cumberland. And they act like owners. You see, Mino is not what I'm doing. It's, it's what God is doing through us. I mean, we heard that in Sunday school already. God in, God in us. So, so here's the deal. Mino actually is Greek. It's a Greek word for abide or some, some translated as remain. And so in John 15, Jesus says, If my word abides minos in you, and you abide mino in me, ask me whatever you want and it'll be done do you believe that you see it's like jesus it's like jesus is daring us to let his word abide in us and to come and abide in him he's here's here's the here's his gamble i dare you to do that and try and ask me for anything that i don't already want to do for you you see it aligns you up if you're in him and his word is in you, I, I believe it's actually impossible to ask him for anything that he doesn't already want to do. And so when, when Mino came into existence, it's, all, it's set up on, and the only way it ever succeeds is if we're in him and his word is in us. And so what we experience is we come into this place in Cumberland. I'll include Buckingham. I'll include Amelia. And by the way, these counties, I had no idea where they were, nor did I care, like two or three years ago. I mean, they were just this area that you go through to get from Shenandoah Valley to Richmond or the beach. I mean, it's like you just, and I didn't even go into these areas then because I was up in Goochland and and Henrico. That's the way you get through. I wouldn't come down this way. Well, we moved to Cumberland, and now all of a sudden we get pretty excited about what God is doing in Cumberland. We've been attending a church down in Amelia, and what I found is people who live in Amelia don't ever come to Cumberland. Isn't that something? That, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. I say, you, when's the last time you're up in Cumberland? Well, I can't really remember the last time I was up in Cumberland. And but but here's the thing: God is doing something in this area. I can't I can't even explain it. We Beth and I both we say frequently we feel like we've fallen into something God has already been doing. It hasn't been with a lot of effort, but we were talking on the way here this morning that, that there is, there's a sense of God has been doing something, we've fallen into it, and the invitation is, do you want to be a part of what God's already doing? That's how we f- see it. I don't, Mino is not something that's been brought to Cumberland so that Cumberland can now get busy doing stuff. Somebody said this morning, there's ministries all over the place here. And and there's people doing things all over the place, and it's uh, it's kind of exciting just to be a part of it. So we began in 2020 with a sawmill. We've been doing that. We've had different ones come and volunteer guys who, you know, they from the program I was a part of before. Some of those have come and volunteered on a kind of a day program kind of basis, but we have not had the residential part set up. We've been doing the sawmill, getting that set up. And the way our, our ministry is set up, it's set up that the sawmill, when it's running and staffed with guys, would provide about 70% of the revenue needed to run the ministry. So it's kind of a self-sustaining kind of kind of venture. So we've been doing, we've been doing that and Along the way, we're thinking we need to get busy with finding a house. And so we we're going to rent a house. Then we were going to maybe we should buy a house maybe. And finally, we decided to buy a couple acres right behind where the sawmill is and build a house. And so God provided the money to buy that acreage, drill the well, put the septic in, clear it off. We we got that all done. And then it sat there for just a little bit. <clears throat> Interesting story, we went to drill the well, and we, as he arrived to start drilling the well, our checking account zeroed out. And we, we realized that was a problem, because probably drilling the well costs a little bit of money. And and so he's drilling, so I'm very interested in how far down he's going before he hits water. So I'm up there with him, and how far are you? You know, and have you hit water yet? You know, and, and he uh, ended up going down, he drilled about 185 feet, he had lots of good water, and then I kept asking him for the bill, and uh, he wouldn't send it, didn't send it. Finally, a couple weeks later, I said, I just need to know how much. I just, that's the way I am. I'd rather know what the facts are so we know what to ask God for than to just sort of not know. And so I, he finally sent the bill, and it was what I was told it probably would be. It was like about $6,500. And, and I was reading, uh, reading the bill, what all he'd, what all, what all he'd done. And I uh, got down to the bottom and said, balance due, $1,500. And I went. Jesus, you're so kind. <laughs> we we can we can come up with fifteen hundred dollars. We were not going to be able to come up with sixty five hundred dollars, and he just wrote it off. That was Anderson well drilling, by the way. I I don't have any problem spreading good news. Like so, I, I don't feel any compelling to not gossip about good news. So I just uh, if if something's good, I'll tell the world. And so um, so that was just one one little thing. We had that paid for. And one morning, Beth is praying. And she is, she's asking the Lord about this house that needs to be built. And she, and she, Beth has a very honest relationship with Jesus. And she's just talking to him. She says, Jeff keeps talking about the house that needs to be built, but he doesn't have any money to do it. There's no, I don't, I don't even think he has a plan for getting it. And, and she would have been sort of right in a way. And, uh, so she's talking to the Lord about it. And the Lord says to her, Well, why don't you, why don't you do something? Why don't you do a fundraising dinner? and you organize it, you plan it, and do it. And so she she said, okay, she said she'd do that. So she came, told me about it, and we were talking, and I said, that's a great idea, but I'm not going to do it. And I said, I can't do that and what I'm doing. And she goes, that's not, oh, that's not the deal. I'll do it. Well, you know, that's the Lord, too, because she's 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 not she's busy as well. And <clears throat> so she planned a fundraising dinner, and that was in June, and at that dinner, uh, we have a board of directors, and, and they asked me, I was telling them about the dinner, and we said, it's a dinner to, to bless the people who've been partnering with us, and we're providing the meal, we're not charging anything for the meal, and we're going to talk about what God has done, and we're going to talk about where God is taking us, and then we are just ask people to give. And my board, board of directors, they listened to that, and they said, I don't get it. I said, you're just asking people to give. It sounds to me like we're going to be spending more money than we're going to be making because you're giving away food for free. You're doing this for free. And I said, well, this is the plan. I mean, that's, finally went up and said, well, how much money do you think you'll raise? And, you know, I talk a lot about money because it's just where God has been showing up and showing off to us. I mean, it's just, I'm sure once we get guys in the house, the stories will change. But right now, that's, that's where it's, where it is. And so they asked me, well, how much do you think you'll raise? And I had no idea. And I just said, well, probably, I guess maybe $50,000. And they looked at me like I was crazy. They said, you're not selling anything. You're not. We'll see. You know how much money we, r- we raised? $50,000. And that $50,000 has taken us to where we are right now. That built the house. It got, it, got the shingles on. It provided for the windows, the siding. Everything is ready now to be from the inside to be finished out. So, so we're gonna get we're gonna get a whole house that'll have about at my F maximum, it'll be crowded. But ten guys could be in there, and we're gonna get that done for fit for a hundred thousand dollars total. That's awesome. That's that's better than any other kind of situation that we we envisioned. And and it's been an an easy kind of yoke a light burden it's been every time i try to push and make something happen it's like the lord just takes a step away and sits down and when i say okay it's like then he goes to work and i've never had a season like that before in my life you see when i started pastoring i was what 35 or so and i had a lot to prove and i tried my hardest to prove it and i I built that church all the way up from 10 to 100, and I couldn't figure out how to get it past that. And what I've learned at this season of my life is I'm really good at pastoring about 100 people, and I really have very little interest in trying to manage or pastor anything beyond that. If the Lord wants me to, He's welcome to do it. What I'm excited about is pastoring a house full of guys, and then maybe a house full of ladies. And then another of guys and just houses after houses of people who have no other option except Jesus. You see, this is where it starts to get exciting. Houses, sawmills. I'm done with sawmills. You know, I'm, that was kind of cool in the beginning to see a log turn into lumber that you've used for stuff. Been there, done that what I'm starting to get excited. And this is the way God works. He moves you in and out of seasons. And right now I'm getting excited about that living room that's framed out, being filled with guys having dinner together, with some of you all coming into that space and coming into that place and leading worship like we experienced here just a little bit ago, seeing the Holy Spirit, the Father and the Son, and all of that come in and begin to transform men, men's lives. So I, that's what's getting me excited right now. And what that means is, that means that all the previous two years are coming to a place where, where all the ones who've partnered together get to come into that space and be a part of seeing men's lives and eventually women's lives. Because this is the first house of what I believe, you know, it could be who knows how many houses. Because the model, the model is scalable. It's not like we're building a huge dormitory with a huge campus. That's going to, we're just building a house, and, and we're going to have people live in the house, and they're going to have a house leader living in the house as well. And it's going to be a little community of followers of Jesus. Now, by the way, when you come into a Amino House, you don't have to be a follower of Jesus. We'll take anybody anywhere that says they want to do something different. Now, what that means is if you know somebody who's in jail, we'll take them when they come out of jail. We, I've had guys who they get they get really desperate when they're in jail, and they're looking at their sentence hearing coming up. They they're on the phone with me talking about hey, is there any way I, that you would take me and I can tell the judge I have a place to go other than and you know what my answer is absolutely. Do I think that's a great motivation? It's good enough because they'll sit there with me and they'll say they'll say Pastor Jeff, whatever you need me to do, I'm here and I'll do it. 30 days later, they'll say, Pastor Jeff, you don't know what you're doing. I think I need to do this and this and this. And I'll say, you remember 30 days ago? That's what I'm going to treat you like. And that's where, that's where we're going. That's where, that's where it starts, starts to get exciting. Our purpose at Mino is to create a place where meaning, meaningful work, authentic community, and the kingdom of God intersect. Wouldn't that be something? 159 Commerce Road, Cumberland, Virginia. Meaningful work, authentic community and the kingdom of God. And out of that place walk men who've been changed. See, I don't see a person who struggles with alcohol or a drug or pornography or food or You fill in the blank. I don't care. I don't see that person as someone who um, is to be disdained or they should be ashamed. What I see is somebody who's motivated the way we all need to be motivated. You see, a person who's been wallowing around in heroin addiction, for example, more than likely every single person around them wants nothing to do with them anymore. People around them love them. It's just that nothing they do helps this person. That just makes it makes it worse. They've stolen from their nieces and nephews. They've ripped off their parents. They've lied. They've and so everyone says, You gotta leave, you gotta leave. So when they go to their family, like a young man, he comes he comes into a program I was at before, his family says, Go, take a year, take ten years, we don't care. Do whatever you need to do to get your life straightened out. If, if I came to Beth and said, hey, hey baby, I'm taking a year to go away and get my life fired up for God in a way it's never been before. She would say, ah, I don't think so. Why don't you do that right here? Mm-hmm. Well, while, while, I don't think you need to go away to do that. If I were a heroin addict and I said, baby, I need to go away and get my life straightened out. She would say, would you please go now? In fact, what are you even doing here? I told you not to come around. Go. There would be applause when I did that. And so that's who I get to minister to on a daily basis at Mino. It's a house filled with guys who, at least at the very beginning, said, I am desperate. I want to do whatever I need to do to get my life going in a different direction. Will you help me do that? And by the way, my mom, my dad, my friends, my wife, my... They're all in agreement on this. They want me to be here for as long as it takes. Oh, let me have it. I mean, that is, that is gold in terms of discipleship making, isn't it? Like, like Pastor Kyle, what if, what if each one of us sitting here said, Pastor Kyle, whatever it takes, I will quit my job. I, I mean, I, you just tell me what to do, and I will do it. I mean, there's a, a weightiness to that, but it's like, wow. I mean, Jesus did it with 12. And one of those wasn't all that great. So, so that's sort of the, the what, the why. And God has provided for us just in ways I can't even recount. I mean, we, you provided a place for us to live. You know, One, one of your members here, we were living in the house you grew up in. They've become friends. That, how kind of the Lord is that? I mean, we move into a, an area where we can't even, we see one house from our house. For Beth, my wife, that's a shock. She's grown up in suburbs her whole life. And so, and so to, for her to have Susan living just down the road from us, that's been a, it's been a huge blessing. Uh, to, to, And then just different ways. The church we've been going to, there's a, I don't know how to explain it, but we have a general contractor that's been working to build our house pro bono. And he and three guys over the course of four or five weekends framed up the whole house. We have, we have someone who's volunteered to do all the drywall labor. we got to buy the drywall, but the labor is taken care of. And apparently they're pretty good at it. So that's always a plus. Right now we have our house being wired by an electrician who's he's donating all his, his time to wire. So we had to buy wire, but he's taking care of it. Plumbing, looks like we have the labor taking care of that. I mean, it's, it's just one thing, one thing after another. The windows were donated. Now, they were made in Romania. And right now, just yesterday, I got a picture of a ship with our container right there in the middle of all of them, and they're just off the coast of Greece. (laughs) And he said, he said, they should be here by the, at least by the 29th of January. He's, he's praying they get here sooner. So, I mean, just thing after thing after thing that I, I, have, I just sort of sit back and watch what God is doing. And I, I used to hear people say stuff like that, and I kind of went, yeah, right, but you've you got to do a lot. And honestly, I, I don't think I'm able to do a lot, to be honest. Either I'm not able to, or I'm just not motivated to try and just do whatever I can to get force things. And so I'm at a place where I'm just willing to kind of to demean it. And so I kind of finish up with this. I didn't anticipate when we started Mino that I would be the one going through the program first. Learning how to see Mino means to be still. It means to stay put and it means to not quit. Isn't that something? So, God, you want us, you want us to start Mino? Awesome. A month later, we're still starting Mino. We're just working on getting the government stuff right. Then we're milling logs day. After day after day. I'm the board stacker. That's what I do. I don't I don't I'm not even the one that's running the mill. That would at least be something, wouldn't it? Like I'm not that guy. I'm the guy that's when the boards come off the mill, I'm stacking them. So that was fine for a month, two months. I've been doing that for a couple years. Sixty year old man, couple years stacking boards. There's a scripture in Isaiah. Isaiah six, where the Lord purifies Isaiah, touches his lips, and it's like God is talking to Himself. I guess the Trinity is there, and they're talking, and they're talking about what needs to happen. And they said, "Who will go for us?" And the picture I have is Isaiah kind of laying there in the dust, overhearing this conversation going on. And he says, he hears him. Who will go for us? And and I picture Isaiah kind of going, "Should I say something?" I. I'll go. How about me? I'll go." and I picture the God head, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I, I picture them kind of going, did y'all, did y'all hear that? What'd you say? Isaiah goes, I'll, I'll go. I'll do it. And They go, okay. You will. Now, let me tell you, Isaiah, what you're going to do. You're going to preach a message your whole life to a people that want nothing to do with it. <laughs> In fact, they're going to mock you, make fun of you. And in fact, one of, one of your assignments will be to, to be naked for a while as you preach. You'll be persecuted, and you will be utterly ineffective as a prophet. And I used to think when Isaiah heard that, he went, Ah, I wish I'd have known that before I said I would go. I don't think that anymore. What I think is this. I think That Isaiah caught a glimpse of the goodness and kindness of Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit. And when he was told, This is what your ministry will look like, I think he just simply went, It'd be my honor. It would be my honor to be ineffective as long as I'm doing it with you. And I think Jesus smiles when he sees that. Now, Isaiah, his prophecies, we're reading about them today. But you know what? Isaiah died a man who I don't know that you would have said was an amazing success. And I think that's sort of what God is doing in my heart during this season of my life. He's using the Mino ministry, the program, to work Mino into me. Because when guys and eventually gals come into the houses that Mino has, they're not going to get what we tell them. They're going to get what we are and if we're me knowing guess what they will learn to do they will learn to me know i didn't finish the it's the community and the kingdom of god intersect it's a place where the joy of jesus is experienced and where human beings flourish not addicts not the dregs not problems but where human beings flourish A place where those who are broken and enslaved to drugs, alcohol, or anything else destructive experience healing and freedom. You see, every one of us come into this world looking for somebody that's glad we're here. You came shooting out of that birth canal. Every one of us had that experience, whether you remember it or not. You came shooting out of that birth canal, and you were looking for someone, somewhere, somebody, for their face to light up and go, whoo, what an amazing bundle of joy. This is a miracle. Now, not everybody gets that. You understand that? But we're all created that way. We're all created to want to see that face light up. When I came in here today, you know what happened? Hey, good to see you. My name is... Faces lit up. What if I have come in here today, and somebody kind of looked at me and went right back to what they're doing. Somebody looked at me and turned around and walked this way. No one even really noticed or cared that I was even in the room. There's something in you that kind of dies a little bit. Scripturally, we, we know that it's the joy of the Lord that's, that's our strength, it says that in Nehemiah. Well, what we want these guys to experience is we want to experience the joy of the Lord. See, that joy can be defined as it's, it's what you feel when somebody's face lights up when you walk in the room. When, when you come home, like you were saying, the prodigal comes home and the father's been looking for the prodigal. And instead of going, oh, it's him. I was dreading this day. It's going to get like chaos around here again. But that's what happened? When he came home, as soon as the father saw him, well, party, face lights up. There's something that happens when that, when that takes place. And so these guys, when they come into a house, what are they looking for? They're looking for a face to light up. And you can say, well, you got, you got to be on your guard. They'll take advantage of you. I've told more guys than I know that it's impossible for any of you guys to take advantage of me because I give the advantage away before you can take it. Oh, that's good. I'm not expecting you to take advantage of something that I've already already given you. And I think sometimes with this population, we get afraid that you got to guard, got to watch. At Mino, there's a different culture, and I can't wait to try it on in force. And that culture is one where the joy of the Lord is the strength of those that experience it. And when they walk in, that the faces of those that are there would light up, and they begin to experience what it means to be a part of community a part of a group of people where they can live without shame, where they can speak freely of what they were, what they are, and what they will be. And, and we begin to see churches like Shiloh populated more and more with all the guys and gals coming through and going, because see, here's what's going to happen. When you experience stuff like that, you don't want to leave. You know, we asked for a year, but I think there's going to be guys that come into that place two miles away. They're going to say, you know what, this Cumberland Courthouse kind of grown on me. This is a place where people light up when I walk in the room. This is where I've learned that Jesus, his face lights up when I come to him. And they're going to want to start worshiping with you all. I think you should get ready for that. It might be a little messy, but they're going to want to worship right here, where people are glad when they come. And I know you're all ready like that, but... uh, even more so. So anyway, thanks for your help. Thanks for partnering with us. We're looking for partners, owners. If you want to if you want to be that one person that, that strokes a huge check and finishes the house for us, go ahead. But even if you don't, God's got it. And he has a plan. He's working working on things. And you're welcome to serve. We have groups that come in all the time. Saturdays a lot of times we have groups that come in. In fact, you've had some of your folks here have been over there, and and where's Andy? Right here is Andy. He was at the fundraising dinner, and he's representing you all there, and that was a good night, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, he got so moved, I think he even gave a little money. So I was like, is this? <laughs> so can I just pray? Is that all right? Actually, this could I do a, um, sing a song? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm gonna, you might have to hold this. <laughs> There's a microphone right there. That's a good guitar. Yeah, if it wants to be. Here, hold up.
1: I got your stuff. You need stuff. No,
0: that's all right. I'll I have to sing.
1: No, we're, we're recording this.
0: That's oh, So, <laughs>
2: let's
0: see, I'm, I'm messing everything up. No, you're not. Just
2: a little Good luck. Kind of started
0: to uh... sing this. When I get a chance to sing it over groups, and I'm going to sing it prophetically, and it's an old, old song, and it's Zephaniah three seventeen, and it says, "The Lord your God, He's in in our midst. He's the Lord of hosts who saves. He rejoices over us with joy, exalts over us with shouts of joy, with shouts of joy." And so, what I like is, I like it to stand.
1: Yeah, just just back over and use the microphone though.
0: Okay. (laughs) So, and what I like, just close your eyes. If you want to, you can hold out your hands, and I'm just going to declare the God who shouts over
3: us with shouts of joy, all right? Lord our God, He is in our midst, the Lord of hosts who saves. He will rejoice over you with joy, He will exalt over With shouts of joy, 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 joy. the Lord our God. The Lord of hosts who saves. He is rejoicing over us with joy. He is renewing us in His love. And He is exalting over us with shouts of joy. Of joy with shouts of joy with shouts of joy Lord we yeah. thank you for your joy over us yes.
0: when we turn to you we thank you that you light up and that you shout and twirl and dance over us with joy that you love absolutely love when the prodigals come home, and you love it even when the elder sons come home. You love it when we simply turn to you and your face is ready to light up every single time. And for that, God, we are so grateful. Your kindness is overwhelming that you would call us to serve and walk with you, Jesus. It's, it's incredible. Lord, I pray blessing over this house right here, every single person here in this room. Lord, I pray that you would release each one into the unique and special thing that you've created them for. Whether whether it's teaching kids at home, whether it's loving wives and neighbors, it doesn't matter, Lord. I pray that you would even now just release them into things that they never even thought they would do or be a part of before. Lord, I pray that Cumberland would become a place known known as a place where people's faces light up whenever somebody comes home, whenever somebody comes to the Lord. But I pray pray that this would be a place that welcomes in and that this house would be a place that welcomes in every single person that comes through the door. Lord, we love you and appreciate you. You're so kind. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Yeah. it's in your pocket too (laughs) Beth would you come up here this is Beth Martin this is his wife better yet he's her husband you guys just come together release your gift lady yeah let's extend our hands
4: I saw mountains, and the mountains were really big, and then they went and shrunk down. And when you said you handled every board, it's because you have authority over every board that is being put to work and put to use. And he did that because he gave you the authority over this ministry. (laughs) And I'm hearing that there's going to be amount of money that comes in that you're not even going to know what to do with. He is going to pour out onto your ministry so strong because it is needed in so many areas. Cumberland has been placed here and has been here, and Cumberland is going to touch the nations and it's going to touch the White House. I've had that over and over again. The ministry that you are proceeding in, you are going to be receiving people from Washington, D.C. You're going to be receiving people from other nations that need to learn not only how to be healed but they need to learn how to work they need to learn a my brain has gone blank they need to learn a a trade and a sawmill is a trade and it's a trade that god uses to build step by step by step and he is bringing oh He's bringing the lowly, the people that think they have no value in, and you are teaching them how to build, and God is teaching them how to live and he's renewing them. He's giving them a new strength, a new love, and a new authority. And he's laying new mantles upon you. And as you stand here right now, he is draping you in a fresh new cloak. And I see it, and it's different colors. It's it's you're in purple, he's in orange. And there's a fire coming upon this ministry that is going to change this nation. He says, be prepared, because every step you take is a step forward for this nation.
1: Hallelujah. Keep blessed.
3: Bless.
1: So, Lord, we just release them into their ministry. Lord, we release them. We, we, we commit to them, Lord. And we thank you for the ability that you've given us to sow into this ministry. You've made it so throughout the years we've never sown into a ministry that was not of effect. So we are expecting great things. We're already seeing great things, but we are expecting great things from this ministry, and we uh commit to partner with them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Okay, you guys will be very happy to know that the Lord changed what I was going to do. I want to read a couple scriptures to you, and then we're gonna do something at, at the at the order of the Lord. Okay. I'm looking at first Kings chapter 17. And it says, and Elijah, the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be due or rain these years except at my word. And then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Sareth, which flows into the Jordan. Now, this scripture goes on to say that he all, as he was there, he drank from the river and the Lord all fed him with ravens. They would bring him meat in a breakfast and meat at dinner and, and he would be able to eat and the Lord provided for him there. And, but when the, when the when it dried up, when the river dried up because there was no rain, he, he, he told him to go to this, this woman and says, so he arose and he went to, I'm on pet number 10, scripture 10. It says, And then he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, the widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, And please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bend and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. What did she think when he said that? You just got to stop and think about that for a minute. I know you, 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 go, you, you want to just go eat and die, but make me something to eat first, you know, and bring it to me. And afterwards, send some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah that. And she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which was spoken by Elijah. Now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick, and his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, What have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to bring my sin to remembrance to kill my son? And he said to her, Give me your son. And he took her out of his arms and he carried him to the upper room where he was staying and he laid him on his own bed. And then he cried out to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, my God, you have, ha, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodged by killing her son? And he stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, My Lord, O oh Lord, my God, I pray let this child's soul come back to him. And when the Lord had heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child, it came back to him and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son lives. And the woman said to Elijah, this is the whole part I want you to hear is this, this verse. And the woman said to Elijah, now by this, I know that you are a man of God and that the truth of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. And the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. So Elijah moves on and he goes out and he, he, he's going to go meet up with Ahab. Remember he went to Ahab and he told him it's not going to rain for three years except at my word. And it didn't. And, and now he's meeting with him, and, and he goes up there, and, and it's funny because Ahab called him the troubler of Israel when, when actually it was his sin and, and the way he led the nation, which is what caused all the issues, which caused God to turn his, turn his face. But then Elijah changed something. He told them, he said, I want you to gather all the Israelites and all the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah and bring them to Mount Carmel. And they did that, and they, they all got there, And this thing that took place is is so crazy, the way it took place, that the people made a statement when it was over with, and the statement is what I want you to hear. That statement was, uh, now he's he's standing before the Lord and, and before all the people, and he said, you've had your chance, now it's my turn. You've called to your God, now it's my turn to call to my God. And he says, hear me, O Lord, hear me, that the people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you. Now understand, at that moment, their hearts are not torn toward God, but he is speaking prophetically that you have turned their hearts back to you again. And then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. And now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. Let me read that last one one more time. Now, when the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Go ahead and cue up song number two on that, that CD up there. And I want to I uh, do something right now. I'm not trying to make anybody uncomfortable, but I'm going to do what the Lord told me to do. Amen. Can I get on? Huh? I need you to come up front. Yes, you. Allie, I need you to come up front. Come here. Richie, I need you to come up front. I need you all to turn the face this way. Kind of make a little space between you? Al, I need you to come up front. Susan, I need you to come up front. David, come up front. Pick a party. When the people saw what the Lord had done, they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Elijah said, Lord, let them know that I'm doing this because you told me to. I want you guys to pray for them. Each one of these have a physical ailment going on with them right now, okay? Each one of them have a physical ailment. Can we trust our God? Let's see what our God can do.
0: Go ahead and hit that song.
2: God. we like the prophets of Baal. Have them meet me at Mount Carmel. You call on your God and I'll call on the Lord. And we'll see. And we'll see. We'll yes, we'll see. Who answered with fire, 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 fire. Woodstone, soil and water. wood soil and water. Jehovah is oh, God forever forever. With so important It's so important so it's, so, so it's the Lord that turns your heart around I Call the funny guy Just a little louder now Maybe he's still sleeping Maybe he's on vacation far away You think Tell me to you king He can answer with fire, 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 fire fire. Woodstone, soil and water Woodstone, Woodstone, soil and water Jehovah is God forever Woodstone, soil and water Woodstone, soil and water It's the Lord that turns your heart around I'll tell you, Elijah put 12 stones and he placed them one on top of each other, making an altar to our God. And then he bought the wood and the sacrifice, and he placed them on top of that altar, and he told the people to bring water. More water, more water, so much water that no man could ever like this fight. And then he said, (laughs) Step forward now, it's the time of sacrifice. It's time to pray unto Jehovah. Answer me, oh Lord, and turn their hearts around. Let them see. Let them see. You answer with fire, 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 fire. Woodstone, soil and water. Woodstone, soil and water. Jehovah is God forever. Woodstone, soil and water. Woodstone, soil and water. It's the Lord that turns your heart around. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's the Lord that turns your heart around. Thank
1: you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. When I came to Shiloh many years ago, back in 2000, That was the first sermon I preached, but it was a little bit longer than this. But I want to tell you that that banner that is 23 years old was made while I was in school. It was made while I was up at Elam. I called and talked to one of the elders that was here. I said, hey, can y'all pay for this? Because I didn't have the money. But they, they, they paid for me to have that banner, banner made. And I had somebody in that, that Lisa worked with that, that drew the picture for me. And then we, we put it on there. But, but this is what God told me. He put it in my heart then. And I think what he put in my heart then it was, was for, for such a time as this. And it said, if we will place ourselves on that altar, if we will place ourselves on that altar and become the sacrifice, then he will consume everything around us. He will consume everything. Everything around us. Do we have any testimonies from what just took place up here? Come on.
2: Sorry. Oh, electric. Yeah. Part of it. Part of the healing. Take (laughs) some of it. (laughs) So two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I got a partial healing. I was
0: prayed for and I was able to walk. I came in on crutches and then I was able to walk around the room, which is huge. I still had about halfway and I'm just I kept praying to God, you know, why the partial healing? Well, again this morning. Susan prayed for me and I have not been able to squat down and touch the floor like this (laughs) for about eight or nine weeks. So I'm squatting. I still have pain, but I'm squatting down now. So I I guess I'm at three quarters, three quarters healing. Yeah. Just going to keep.
1: So Lord, finish it, finish it. We just speak right now in the authority of Jesus. Be healed. Knee, respond to the word. Respond to the healing. Respond to the the power of Jesus in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Anybody else? Allie, you feel any different? Did anything take place with you? All right, Allie's got cerebral palsy. We're going to keep lifting her up because God made a promise. He said, you pray it, I'll do it. Amen. Richie, anything? Okay. Come on. Come on, amen, 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 amen. Expect more of this, expect more of it. I think I, God wants to change church. He wants to change church. We heard that in our elders meeting this morning, and, and we heard it in, in, in when we were in our, our meeting with the uh, the worship team, and, and I heard it out here when you were preaching. God wants to change the way we do church. He wants to change the way we do church. Just because we did it like that before doesn't mean we gotta do it like that anymore. Obviously, a lot of that stuff wasn't even working. It was just filler 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 I want to get rid of all the filler. Amen. Amen, let's pray. Lord God, as we leave here today, we give you glory. We we praise you. We thank you that that you are mindful of us. Lord, help us to become mindful of you. It Means our total mind full of you, of what you want to do, of what you're what breaks your heart, what what moves you, Lord. Let those things break our hearts and move us that we could go out and be your hands and feet. Does that mean in our house? Yes. Does that mean in the marketplace? Yes. Does that mean as we are strolling down the road? Yes. It means all those things, Lord. Let us not cast anything aside or or believe that, oh, that must have just been me. That wasn't the Lord. Father, I pray right now a new level of reception, a new level of hearing for each person that is here today, that they would hear your voice in a whole new way. And everybody said, and everybody said, I want it. And everybody said, give it to me. And everybody said, here I am, send me. If you want to support Amino Ministries on your own, well, the church is already supporting them, but if you want to support them on your own, get with me. I'll make sure you get all the right information. You got their addresses and all that stuff. And, and what a ministry. What a ministry they're doing. We don't, we don't sow into anything that's not worth it.